Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we have another edition of Ephraim Voices here. And with me, as always, is Rebecca Emerson. Um, and today we have a perfect guest to talk about a seriously uh, important topic that affects all of us um, and, you know, in the situations we're in as caretakers of uh, varying reasons and uh, individuals. We have breathing spaces to talk about their history in the caretaker realm. Uh, what they're all about and how they began. Um, and today we just want to talk about the things we do as caretakers to make sure that we can continue taking care of others um, and how important that is. So today with me is uh, Cindy Mariner and uh, Mark Trebet. And I would like to introduce Cindy as the founder of Breathing Spaces uh, to tell us a little bit about uh, the organization and how it started and who she is. Thank you, Justin. We're, we're very grateful to be here today and happy to be here. I started Breathing Spaces after a period of time when I was caring for my mom and also my brother. Um, it was a time that was unknown to me. It was uncharted territory. And at one point, I mean, you're taking care of your family. You know, you don't think of it any other way. You're taking care of your loved ones. But what tends to happen over a period of time is you become lost in that equation because you're putting the other, you know, your loved ones first, which is not uncommon whatsoever. So I joined a group put on by a couple of hospital organizations that were local doing walks for caregivers. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just go and, and hang out with these folks and see what happens. And it was the pivotal change in my life because not only was I able to talk to other people that were going through similar circumstances, they weren't caring for the same people, but they were still going through those emotional highs and lows. So just the opportunity to be able to talk with them was significant for me. A light switch came on and it really began to change my life. I went to those organizations and said, I don't know if y'all realize what you're doing here. There is so much more that can be done because you're changing lives right here and now. So I took over the program. Um, they let me in somehow. Um, and we started doing more than just the walks. I started putting on seminars, writing blogs, and we gained a very big population of caregivers very quickly. The common, awesome. Yeah, the common thread, Justin, in that all is people don't realize where they're at until they have gone upside down a lot of times, which is yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. So um, after the, I had been in the program for about a year or so, it was a grant funded program. And unfortunately, that grant funding came to an end, which happens. Um, and simultaneously, my mom passed away. So wow. it was a one of the darkest times I can tell you in my life. It was very stressful, but I knew what I was doing was exactly where I needed to be. So that's when I started breathing spaces. And it's been a, it's what gets me up in the morning. I'll tell you that. Um, changing lives, supporting people has been a passion. And we are supporting those people from a heart space. Um, so it's just, it's been a gift, truly. And added to that is when Mark um, showed back up in my life. We have actually known each other for a few years. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, yeah, he's Mark has made a tremendous difference in in the Breathing Spaces platform and how we're moving forward. Yeah, well, you know, you said one one piece in there um, that waking up every day uh, to help other people is is your one of your biggest motivations, and I think that that is really the common thread in in every caretaker is that when we get thrusted into a situation where we're taking care of a loved one out of necessity, uh, it it kind of can become part of our our reason to exist and our, our personality. And when we really take it in in stride, that is, and but also, you know, just because it gives back to you in a certain way doesn't mean it's not taking away mm-hmm. um, and, and becoming a detriment to, to yourself when you don't realize it, like you said, because you just wake up one day and, and see that, oh man, this is, this is quite a bit, but this happened to me all at once because all of a sudden, like you said, uh, something happened to your mother at the same time you were figuring something else out. It, these, these major catalysts are, are happening um kind of all at the same time and and i see that all the time i have felt that myself where these big changes are happening and it feels like it's an unfair moment when everything is happening all at once um but mark i i want to know you know i've I've heard about how, how you guys kind of met originally but um tell me about when you first came came to Cindy some more and a little bit more about yourself and, and how this type of work and organization spoke to you and you know why you're still here. Sure. sure. And, and my, my, my perspective on this is probably different than, than everybody on this podcast and probably everybody that's listening in, in terms of direct experience. But um, uh, Cindy and I had, had known each other, she said, for many years from way back, had not been in contact. Uh, I live on the East Coast, and she's she's in California. So uh, we we got connected though because I've I've been working uh, over the course of my career in healthcare, and have been uh, predominantly working with hospitals. Uh, but in the last few years, have also started working with uh, seniors and and providing them uh, ensuring that they've got the optimal living situation. So a lot of work with seniors there, and as well as working with uh, serving as a uh, member of an advisory board, the leader of the advisory board for a home health company. So a couple of different things were coming together that started to pull me closer to to family caregivers and seeing what was happening. Concurrent with that, Cindy reached out and, and we got connected. And and I'll tell you, it was one of those, you know how sometimes you, you're cruising along and you don't really think about things too much. And, and Cindy and I uh, connected. She was out in this part of the country and I heard what she was doing. I thought, well, that's that's cool. You know, I mean, she's clearly passionate and and has developed something that, that really is helping a lot of people. But then as I began to think about it some more, in my my world in healthcare, I was seeing a lot of this as well. Maybe not with the same intensity as a family member, but but having that um that that the challenges that come with being a caregiver and you and you just put so much of yourself into it and, and sometimes at the expense of yourself. And and so I, you know, my my feeling was, gosh, what is being done for these family caregivers could apply to professional caregivers as well. And that's kind of what what initially pulled us together. And as Cindy is, and you you know her uh, a little bit now too. She's she's uh, a genius at pulling you into things, <laughs> getting you involved, and, and all of a sudden, I, my my 
my heart is wrapped around this as tightly as it can be. And, and um, <laughs> I, I see from a pragmatic standpoint, the, the value of it. But now I, I've also got some emotional uh, investment along with her. Yeah. It's been a good partnership, I think. Well, I mean, you, you definitely said that accurately. You, you meet Cindy and you kind of stick with Cindy and, and believe in her mission. <laughs> and it becomes your mission. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it's just that, you know, hopefully just like everyone listening to this, uh, we're in a similar situation. You can really feel when uh, you're talking to someone who understands. Um, and I've had a few conversations with you guys and, and Breathing Spaces is one of those organizations, um, you know, that. We're, we're living what we're talking about and we want to help other people in the same situation with some of the things we've experienced. And, and Rebecca, um, says kind of where I want to tie this back to, uh, exceptional families in the military. Can you tell me a little bit, um, more about yourself and, uh, kind of what we do at, at EFM here and, um, a little bit about your personal story with, you know, being a caretaker so far. Sure, Justin. Thanks. Uh, EFM, Exceptional Families of the Military, was recently founded. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about um, my backstory of coming in. In 2020, I retired from the Air Force. I'm still a military family. I'm spouse of a um, Army service member. So when I retired in 2020, I saw the founder, Austin Carrig, testify before Congress about the needs of families within the military that have special needs family members called exceptional family members. And I was captivated. I was motivated. I wanted to join the organization to help these families. And so that's now what I'm doing <laughs> to bring it back to the caregiver, caregiver space. Uh, my son was born with Down syndrome in 2017, and I was thrust into the role of caregiver for a special needs child, which is, looks quite different from typical parenting, to be quite honest. So uh, I definitely understand the need out there for a uh, breathing space, <laughs> so to speak, to take care of yourself. Uh, but on the other side of that, I also recognize that as a special needs parent myself, I get a lot of push to take care of myself, but it also frustrates me at the same time because I'm like, well, how am I supposed yeah. to find the time to do this? <laughs> so I'll just share one small thing that I like to do for myself. And that is go through a drive through Starbucks with my kids in their car seat and occupied with their electronic devices. And then after I get my Starbucks, I don't go home. I just sit in the parking lot and drink it. <laughs> I love so, it. So a very short example of um, a way to practice self-care. Yeah. So. Well, you got to buy back that time any way you can <laughs> sometimes. Um, I love that. I remember yeah. days just to parallel with that. I remember days getting in my car just going nowhere, turning up the music, singing as loud as I possibly could, because it was, that was my moment of self-care. It can be yeah. that small and it can make a significant difference. So good for you. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. It, it really can. And, you know, we try to speak on behalf of all the exceptional family member um, mm -hmm. people in the military, including adults. So I, 
I just want to mention that there. Anytime you have a loved one that is going through something significant medically, um, you become a caregiver and the military just adds more complications to that where your support networks might not be there because you are in a state that you've never lived in before. You might have to rely on strangers for support. Your significant other may be deployed uh, overseas. So there's just additional challenges with being military that get put on top of, um, in my opinion, the typical challenges faced by caregivers. Yeah. And I think culturally there's inbred some, some bit of uh, independence that, that you may isolate yourself, even if it seems, you know, and you talk about the familiar aspect of being in the military, you know, being in a, in a culture that prides itself on helping each other out. It's also very isolating sometimes. Uh, you find yourself, uh, saying, you know, I'm the only one here at home. I'm the only one that can do this. I'm going to do this. And, and you may not actually be the type to reach out as much as anybody else or find random groups of people as much as any other type of person. Um, and I think a big thing that's, that's going on right now that in the history of humankind has, has probably been a thing. Um, there's, there's trauma involved at times with how we react to our loved ones, uh, when we're in the caretaker role, you know, we operate out of fear sometimes, uh, and, and exhaustion, you know, when something huge happens to your kiddo or, or loved one, you have that big scare all of a sudden, you know, there could be overwhelming controlling fear where you feel bad or stepping away out of the house for 10 minutes because you may miss something. Uh, you may not be there in a, in a vital moment. Um, and not only does, you know, taking a moment for yourself become a painful, fearful, anxious experience, and, you know, it's, it's not even restorative. It's, it's just damaging to you. Um, but living in this, in this cycle, uh, not only hurts the the caretaker uh, alone it it doesn't allow that person to take care of anyone else and and the energy that you push out into the home um especially when you're that centerpiece the, that matriarch patriarch uh, caretaker um you know you push that out to everybody else when when they rely on you um and that, this is what we're talking about today is that as exhausting as it is, and especially Rebecca, you said as annoying it is hearing, you know, you got to take time for yourself. You have to take time for yourself. And we're sitting here thinking, what, you know, how is that possible? I, I, I just finished taking care of them five minutes ago. I still have to cook dinner and then this thing popped up and then this thing popped up. And now I just want to sit down, capture this five minutes and, and, and wait till they go to bed. If that's even your circumstance. Um, and so it's, it's tough. It's a cycle and, and you've got to have small tricks to break that cycle. Cindy, you have, um, a virtual retreat. Um, and I, I went to that a few weeks ago. Um, and my personal situation at the time was I was scared to walk away for more than five minutes due to, you know, my brother being at, at risk to himself, my grandmother being bedridden. Uh, all these things going on at the same time. And it was your event where I started thinking a little bit differently about, you know, my capacity to give. 
um, and how much time I truly could give to myself. Um, but yeah, it was, it was your event uh, that first got me thinking a little bit differently. That's great, Justin. I love that. And I'm so grateful that you had the time um, and took the opportunity to join us. It's, I've always said the worst thing that you can possibly say to a caregiver is, you know, you really need to take care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, wow, I never thought of that. Thanks so much. I appreciate right. that. You know, it's, it's the worst thing you can say to somebody because yeah. you know it as a caregiver. But I think it's when you can have the ability to start shifting your perspective mm-hmm. and realizing, okay, let's put this in a different light. If I'm on an airline and the pilot has had no sleep, hasn't had anything to eat, hasn't had anything to drink all day, and maybe has a cold, I don't know, I'm throwing stuff out there. How well do you think that plane is going to continue in the air? And how do you think that landing is going to turn out? Oh, if I knew that, I'd be asking for a different flight. Right. Get me out. Right. (laughs) So that's the that's the perspective that we encourage folks to kind of come from. Don't take this as you're you're taking time when you shouldn't think of this as you're the one who's piloting everyone else's lives. So being able to do even if it's Starbucks run through. Right. It will start making a significant difference. And yeah, those retreats are amazing because you get to be around other caregivers. You get to listen to their stories and it makes a significant difference for folks. I think when you're at the beginning of your journey, um, you know, thinking like this, I've been hearing the the term growth mindset quite a bit lately. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're at the beginning of actively deciding that you're going to spend energy on yourself like this, um, just vocalizing your your story or hearing other people and, and watching that modeling happen uh talk about their experience is impactful and uh you know could could, could be what this episode here is a, a catalyst for is that you know if you took the the few minutes to seek this out or even click on this and and heard something uh you, you were potentially on your journey um now taking the first few steps towards thinking about taking care of yourself even if you don't have the the mental physical energy even if you don't know what the next step is going to be taking and capturing any second you have is is all you can do really at any moment Uh, and so eliminating the guilt or or shame behind you know i should have done or I wish I could have done uh, personally something I've been trying to to change with the growth mindset. Um, I've been writing out my days to try and capture time, structure time. And does that happen nine out of 10 times or even 10 out of 10 times? No, it changes almost every time. And instead of placing any sort of negative thought when those changes occur or lose a moment that I planned for myself, you know, uh, just thinking about those moments that are captured differently can change you, the whole way you feel about a day. Um, and that's kind of what I thought of for the first time with, with your virtual retreat. Um, you know, just being surrounded by people that are actively trying to think a little bit differently can help. 
Because you're not going to do it perfectly. You won't. And the fact that you've set the intention of, you know, I'm going to take a little, I'm going to schedule this little bit of time in here. Um, Just you've taken the steps towards, towards that goal. And it could be, you know, we've talked to people on these retreats or we've got walks too that we do with family caregivers, which are tremendous. Um, Sometimes people just will get up an extra five or 10 minutes early. You know, instead of the alarm going off at five, they get up at 4.50 because they can take a few minutes to just sit, listen to the birds, just breathe, whatever it is. You know, and that may be the only time. Yeah. Or throughout the day, there can be small techniques. You know, we're very big on these finding techniques for caregivers to get themselves through their days. You may need to go into the restroom just to take a lot of deep breaths, just to try to recenter yourself. That may be the only time you get during the day, but having that ability and that mindset to be able to at least do that can make a significant difference too. Yeah. The three of you having been living with this and dealing with it either now or in the past, do you think anybody is truly prepared for this? I mean, when you come into it, I mean, it's not by choice that you're in this role. And and I just, I always wonder, um, you know, some people maybe have it, within them naturally. But I would think that for most of us, uh, it's something that we've got to learn. Is that what oh, you absolutely, absolutely. The, the universe, you know, does have a way of picking, you know, who, who goes where as far as, you know, being ready or not for accepting a caretaker role. But uh, I think a good chunk of people out there are, are sitting here absolutely angry about the situations mm-hmm. that they're in. Mm-hmm. And, and and that is being in a hole dug a few feet deeper compared to someone else for, for getting out of that, um, out of that place of, of not having the mentality to, to gain more energy for others because you're already a few feet behind for yourself. Um, rightfully so because it's, it's, it's not fun and, and, and no one specifically chooses this. Uh, you know, unless you sign up as a healthcare worker, but even in those situations, you don't pick your, your day-to-day situations. Right. right. And I think uh, I was talking last week with a, a professor at Stanford who is, is writing a, a book around caregiving. And we had this conversation about, boy, you know, when you go to college, you learn about, I don't know, microbiology for some crazy reason, um, (laughs) statistics for another crazy reason. And why is it that nothing is in there around caring for another? It doesn't matter whether that caring is for a parent or a child. There's a different uh, mentality. There's a psychology that goes along with that and not having some of that it steeped into those courses is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Um, it should be like, you know, basic one-on-one yeah. and it would help. And even with that, you know, still being able to talk with other people, I think is some of the biggest um, other caregivers can be some of the biggest support. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. And to what you said, Justin, about the, um, I don't know, the anger that you might feel. I'll, I'll just say it does. I'm not going to say it's better with time, but you get more used to caregiving with time. Yeah. So once the shock of it goes away, um, you kind of, at least for me, I got set into a routine and I'm now comfortable with that routine. I might not be comfortable 
ever with all the doctor's appointments and extra things that Definitely. I need to do at home. But I at least have, you know, a sense of how it's going to work or what it's going to look like for my family. Um, one of the things that I did not appreciate as a new caregiver was people telling me that, you know, God only gives special kids to special parents. <laughs> 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 That's a common thing that gets said. And, uh, you know, people are just trying to be nice. But I, yeah. I'm thinking I'm not special. I'm a normal person faced with unique circumstances. Yeah. And all you can do is like work within those circumstances to the best of your ability. And it's not going to look perfect. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. It's the same. You know, you can only handle as much burden as I don't. There's another saying that goes along the same thing. And it just every time I see that, I, I cringe. Like, why do you say that to people? Okay, you know yeah. you don't you don't sign up for this necessarily. You love your children. That has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with no, it. And and no matter how much you know you, you you do love your children or your father, your mother, or whoever you know you're in this role for, um, I think it's just human nature to eventually have the thought, and especially more more than one time have this thought that. You know, I don't have control of my own life. I'm constantly given to everybody else. When am I going to have some some control of what I do or how I feel or what I think? My day is never mine. Um, I've felt that. I think it consistently. And, it, and I, I don't back up that thought with, oh, well, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't care about my, my, my loved one and I'm done. But. Yeah. And, you know, Along that vein, just for military families specifically, one of the common themes I see is disappointment and assignment. So you may join the military to travel overseas. And if you have a serious medical condition, um, those doors yeah. are not closed yeah. really for your family for most, a lot of the at least severe cases of yeah. medical conditions. So it can be, you know, crushing, crushing of a dream really to live your life overseas and, you know, can also cause, you know, just, a, you know, another set of anger or resentment for the yeah. situation that you're in. Um, a lot of people still try to go overseas, um, but a lot of times it does get denied because especially care is not available. But one of the things that I think is a positive on the assignment side is you are supposed to be able to be stationed in an area that has good medical care. So usually that means a metropolitan area that has other type of resources that you can reach out to, like yourselves, like breathing spaces, civilian organizations that might have assistance for caregivers or things that are not in the, you know, more remote areas of the United States. Yeah. You know, I, I funny enough, I, I used to send out uh, waivers all the time for, for people to go on deployments. Um to, to pack on and, and everything like that. Uh, you know, people with CPAP machines that now need to CPAPs with batteries or whatever the case may be. Um, but you know, human, human psychology here says that, uh, when something's out of your control, that's when it affects us the most. And with PTSD, um, it most often is caused from a moment where you absolutely were out of control and you, uh, for an extended period of time, you did not know what was going to, going to happen. If you felt like your, your life was at risk, uh, and there was absolutely nothing you can do about it. 
uh, for an extended moment, that's going to majorly impact you. Imagine having a life uh, where the choice is, is removed from yourself. But if, if you choose to engage differently, you're going to affect someone you care about. What kind of long-term implications does that have on the mind? Um, and I've heard spoon theory over and over and over, you know, we only have so many spoons to give in a, in a given day and, and um, any, any given day, that could be a different amount of, of give that we have for other individuals. Um, so it's not selfish to take a moment um, and assess, I only have this much today. If I do more than this, then I'm going negative in, in a bank because in, in humans, it, it does exist. You know, we're taking more than we have to give does have a real physical toll on our immune system, uh, on our long-term health. Um, you know, when you're in a depressive state or anxious state, you know, our, our cognition can change where, yeah. you know, our memory is different. Maybe our personality is different from day to day. These are real, you know, real implications. Um, and you know, right now I'm, I'm fighting the fight with, with my brother's, um, school system just to get his IEP in place, um, having another IEP meeting and may have to go pretty far with this one because nothing has been put in place yet. Um, and not only are we trying to get him integrated into, you know, high school for his first year at home. He's having a tough time and, and is a risk to himself and others. Um, and so every waking moment feels like, you know, his education's on the line. His health is on the line. If his home environment's not set up, uh, he's not going to be successful. If he's not set up with school, he's not going to be successful. My grandmother just got diagnosed with Parkinson's and uh, is bedridden and, and needs some help. Um I have to have a day-to-day job routine and everything like that. Where's the time? You know, where's the time when, when I have all these things that I, I want to be immediately engaging in, but completely out of my control for most of it. Um, and so that's when, you know, like I said earlier, uh, Cindy, for your breathing spaces, uh, virtual retreat, I started thinking, wow, you know, capturing moments is impactful having a growth mindset about you know when things change in my day am i being caught helping out my brother or helping out my grandmother or am i choosing to engage this way and change my priorities because i care about them Um, and just that switch of i'm actually doing this because i choose to do this technically, even though um, I may be legally responsible, you know, for my kiddo and, and their their minimum needs, but I'm choosing to change my priorities right now because I care about them. Mm-hmm. And that one small shift in, in thought, even though it's not a five minute break or a 10 minute break, but when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I have that thought of, I don't have control over my own life. I really want to do this other thing instead. And this just popped up and now I have to take away my afternoon of doing this instead of that. Actually, I'm choosing to because I care. Mm -hmm. Uh, That has, has, has done a lot. It's, it's not the, the magic fix, you know, but it's done a lot. Yeah. And I think that perspective, Justin is incredibly healthy. Um, because your days are going to be very, especially for you, you know, you've, you've got a lot going on there. 
Um, and between working and, and taking care, there's a, and oh yeah, there's a Justin guy in the middle of that somewhere. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> so I think one of the, the, the big, you know what, uh, I'll say this probably in retrospect for myself too, we're all going to do something wrong. So in the middle of, especially with as much as you've got going on, you're going to do something wrong. You yep. will, I'll guarantee you, you will. And the art of forgiveness is huge part of self-care, huge part. And this is a time where I'm a list creator. I've got lists going nonstop. And those lists become your best friend because you have so much going on to be able to every day, you know, you've got your list, go through it, check stuff off. What's happening the next day? Just take that list and keep it going. Take a few minutes to do something simple like that can make a significant difference yeah. for you too. Yeah. And and those, go ahead. I was just going to say those moments make me so mad sometimes <laughs> making lists like that. When I know. Thinking, I man, know. I don't have energy for this moment and I got to give energy to tomorrow. It hasn't happened yet. And I want to yeah. be sitting here watching TV, but they're so helpful. I know because the next morning, just like I did last night, I was so done. So done. And I thought you have to make this list because that way I could get up in the morning and not be, you know, the wheels weren't falling off as much. But being prepared for that, that list to be shredded, burned and and gone with Mm -hmm. the wind, uh, you know, the second you wake up as well. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course. Because every day is going to be different. Yeah. No question. You know, Mark, um, when when we first kind of met, I, I remember hearing you say uh, a comment specifically, you know, we're talking about the, the mission and, and goals of exceptional families in the military and kind of what we're engaged in, what we do with uh, reaching families, uh, talking about legislative priorities and, and changes with uh, the kind of things that are established for EFMP families. But you said, you know, man, I really wish that something like this was around for uh, my family. Do you have any stories about, you know, someone that you grew up with that was either related to the military or was in a caretaker role or anything involved with that? Uh, yeah, I, I do. And, and um, long, long time ago, but my <laughs> father was in the military and, and uh, after he was uh, discharged, um, Immediately moved out to California, and, and when my brother was born, he had special needs from from day one, and and a lot of medical um, issues immediately, and then longer term um, issues that he's dealing with today. And I, I just know, you know, and and it, you know, you you talk about these moments of clairvoyance, and that I kind of had one when you guys were talking that day, and it was um, kind of resurrected some things that I hadn't really thought of from that angle before, but I. I think of my parents and, and they're, they're both alive. They're you know coming up on their 65th wedding anniversary and they've got wow. as strong of a relationship as you could ever hope for. Yeah. But when you go back to the early days of that, because they, <laughs> not to get into my family history, but they, they met and got married within three months, moved to California the next month. And my brother came along, not, you know, uh, so they had a lot of stuff going on coming out of the military and they were all by themselves. Their families were yeah. across the country and, and I just was thinking, you know, boy, they sure would have benefited from having 
um, a group to turn to to support yeah. them. And, and even if it's not a group with all the answers, but just somebody else that can listen or or is going through something similar, boy, that would have made a huge difference for them. And and, and I know even now, and following up on that discussion that we had that day, I, I talked to my dad a little bit about it. And and he said it was it was just um, really really difficult for him because he he was just starting a new job. They, they didn't know anybody, you know, very similar to the military experience of moving into different areas. And um, you know, he said, yeah, it would have been fantastic to to have had some support like that. And, and yeah. you know, um, uh, it's it's that's the beauty of what you guys do <laughs> to me is you know, and, and I I sure hope that it could be extended at some point to help folks after they get out of the military because some of those things, you know, continue on. Absolutely. Uh, they don't change just because you're out of the military, obviously. And, and uh, yeah, that, that's, um, and, and, and again, this is decades later in retrospect, but it still struck me. And, and I think that's the power of what you guys are doing that you may not realize every day um, or maybe you do, but I, I think the impacts are, are huge and just getting people together, even if it's just support groups, you know, there's there's a lot of great tools and mindsets and, and perspectives to bring to it, but even just being able to be together. And I yeah. that's the thing my dad kept saying was God, if I just had somebody to talk to. Yeah. The sense of community does well for the soul. And you know, yeah. we are social, uh, community based organisms in the first place. And you said something and it sparked a thought in me. Um you know, first of all, things are a lot different than, than they were in your father's eras for how people can be reached, you know, right now, uh, for your virtual retreat and, and breathing spaces that wouldn't be possible without the, the level of internet, um, and, uh, uh, the amount of people that actually engage on the internet these days, uh, same goes for, for our programs and, and support groups, um, just providing uh, a sense of community and, and actually engaging with them, or at least knowing that that's out there, um, does a lot for an individual. Um, and what I was going to say is with that situation that you just described in, in your family, you know, thank you for sharing that. Whether we, we mean to or not, um, and, and really, I think this is an external factor. Once, once you enter a situation when, when you're taking care of someone, whether it be because you have a, a child with special needs considerations or, or a family member with a severe health impactment or, or mental impactment, that kind of ostracizes you from the rest of society. Um, you know, you could be uh, living independently by yourself with no considerations. All of a sudden you have a child with special needs and your best friends, even if they still say nice things and care about you and show great intentions. A lot of people can attest to the fact that they witness their circles just closing in and closing in and closing in as, you know, people don't really understand. And when they don't understand, they don't want to comment on. And when they don't want to comment on, you find yourself keeping your circle small uh, as your energy also becomes smaller. And then all of a sudden you're alone mm -hmm. uh, with maybe no one, even if you're living with a partner. Um, so it, it's really hard to also recognize that happening actively. 
sometimes as well. It's really hard. Um, so, you know, we, we've talked a lot about some of the problems. Um, and, you know, in that, I just want others to see the common threads, the common struggles, and that even if it's changing your mentality behind, you know, I'm, I'm choosing to care in the way that I care. I'm, I'm proud of myself for caring the way that I do. And it's valid that I feel bad these times that I feel like my life is out of my control. That's also valid. Um, just switching to a growth mindset could give you more spoons for the day, accepting that you only have so many, uh, you know, ounces to give in a day is a big thing. Rebecca, your trick to capturing just freaking 10 minutes in a parking lot, listening to music in the car, uh, getting the kids in one place, giving them their tablets and stuff. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and I'll also say, Justin, to your spoon comment, like saying no can be an act of self-care too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, and it's definitely okay to say no. So yeah. you can't make cupcakes for your kid's classroom. Just say no. Maybe you can do it, but yeah. too many spoons no. that day. Just say no. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's also something really powerful about positive affirmations. You know, sometimes you see those and you're like, oh, come on, another one. But I literally still have positive affirmations in specific places around my home. You know, so those days when even post caregiving, it doesn't matter. You're still attached to that role, right? Yeah. Those little bits will catch you just when you need it the most and say, oh, yeah, I'm That's all right. right. Oh, I'm all right. Right. Yeah. right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really important. It's very important. And if you can, uh, you know, behavioral momentum is, is a thing. We all fall under behavior because we're all human and everyone falls under the same fallacies and, and archetypes. Behavioral momentum is just if you take one step, you're more likely to take the second step. And the more steps you put behind you, the easier it is to keep going forward. So if that means listening to this podcast was the first or third step, look to the next thing as you think about it before you move on um, and appreciate the things that you do do. Don't punish the things that you thought yes. you should have done. Be grateful for anything that you have done so far. Give yourself grace. Give yourself acceptance. We are responsible for the energy we put out to our loved ones. Uh, you know, even if you don't believe in spiritual, psycho-spiritual or anything like that, we recognize visually what our loved ones are experiencing and, and they pick up on that. And so it, it really just does make our day harder when we're having a hard time because others start having a hard time and we just keep bouncing back and forth. So taking care of yourself first is taking care of others. Uh, just to end on that note um, and reaching out if you can to find organizations like breathing spaces that have walks uh, to be able to talk to other people in your community about things that, you know, everyone in that community is experiencing, uh, finding people like you, um, taking moments to yourself. These are all important things. Absolutely. Well said. Absolutely, Justin. And I think it's really important to reach out to the civilian community. Don't always look for answers within the military community mm -hmm. because there's a lot of caregivers out there. And, uh, and 
there may be only two people at your current location with the same condition, but yep. the civilian population, there might be 200. Yeah. That's absolutely right, Rebecca. And, and one of the things that we've always said and will always say is it doesn't matter who you're caring for. You're, you, there's still that human at the very center of it. So Rebecca, you're spot on. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's not just about this type of community, AKA, you know, being in the military and we're taking care of someone that experience transcends all cultural bounds. Um, it, it feels the same for us all. Um, you know, we, whether it's the good emotions or the bad, you know, we're human and this is a universal experience for, for most of us at some point in our lives, you know, whether it takes 30, 40 years before our parents uh, potentially need, need that help. And if we step in, eventually you're going to come across this. But for most of us in this discussion right now, we're living it a little bit differently, a little bit sooner and a little bit more intensely. Um, so just remember to take a moment for yourself as well. Cindy, Mark, Thank you both for, for coming and talking about these important things. Um, hope to have many more discussions with both of you in the future. Um, I appreciate all the, the work I've seen you guys do and, and the changes that you've brought to me so far already. Uh, both wonderful uh, people created a wonderful organization, and, and I really appreciate you guys' time. Thank you. And thank you for not only this opportunity, but honestly, from my heart, thank you for all that you do for so many um, exceptional families of the military is an incredible organization. And from my heart, thank you for what you do as well. Well, thank you guys. Uh, and, and big thanks to to our founder, Austin Kerrig. Um, and thank you, Rebecca, for, for being here with us. And we'll see you guys on, on the next talk. Thank you, thank you Justin. Take care. Hello, my name is Austin Kerrig. I'm CEO of Exceptional Families of the Military. Today, you heard an amazing podcast put on by Exceptional Families of the Military featuring a team from Breathing Spaces. We understand that families are made many different ways. My family is made through biological children and adopted children. And we know that many of you may say to us that you chose this life and that you feel like you don't have a place to complain or that you hear the exact opposite of what Rebecca hears, which is, you must be an amazing person because you chose to adopt a child with special needs. We know you're here. We see you. We don't think that your burden is any less than the burden of all of the other families. And we know that you're doing this because you love your children. We wanted to acknowledge though that the members of the podcast today don't understand these lived experiences, which is why I'm here telling you that I do and that the team behind EFM will make a cognizant effort to remember that in future podcasts. Thank you.